Welcome to the Ministry of Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. Our vision is bringing people into the full realization of their potential in God and our mission. Building a community of believers whose lifestyle positively influenced change in the society. Welcome to Lighthouse. Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2 Stroke 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthouseng.org. Amen. Let's go into God's Word. You know, this morning, as you know, I was just reflecting that. What should I caption the message? You know, I'm going to be teaching on new creation realities. But I didn't want to just caption it as new creation realities. And I was just reflecting, you know. Um, but Holy Spirit, through his son, Minister Laolu, as he was leading the prayers this morning, I got a title for it. The Superhuman in Christ. The superhuman in Christ. Because you see, when we are superhuman in Christ, and we became a new creation, the entire purpose of the new life that we have in Christ to be superhuman on earth. Someone that is beyond ordinary. Someone that is not just a regular human but someone that is a superhuman. Amen. You know, just trust God for the manifestation of his spirit in our various lives. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I want us to start with the scriptures. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. It's a long reading, but it's a good one to read. So we start from verse, verse 12. Just take a few verses. Verse 12 to 17. Might even read beyond. Therefore, please pay attention to this. Therefore, just as through one man, through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sin. I want you to pay attention literally to the words of those scriptures. You see, a lot of people have had the confusion around how come just the sin of Adam passed down sin to all man. Remember the story how in Genesis chapter 1, after God has created everything, God said, let us make man in our own image after our likeness. What God conceived was that he wanted to create man, but the kind of man that he wanted to create was a superhuman. The original intention of God was a man that has super abilities because this man is in the image of God and is in the likeness of God. Image of God is in the figure of God. So what it means is that the shape that we have as human beings is the shape of God. 
And the nature that we're supposed to carry is the nature of God because it's the mislikeness. Hallelujah. Imagine God wanted to create a being. He first spent the first uh, six days creating all manner of things, preparing the head for the man he was going to create. And he created man. Bible says, and he blessed them. Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the head, subdue it, have dominion. Have dominion. When he fully created man and woman, you know, out of the man's tree brought for the woman, because it was not good for man to be alone, he needed to help meet for the assignment that he was going to be doing on earth. And what's the assignment? The Bible says that heavens, even the heavens belong to God. The hurt he has given to the son of man. So he created the hurt for Adam and Eve. But by the time we got to Genesis chapter 3, the devil came in with his deception and deceived Adam. Because already there was a standing instruction in Genesis chapter 2 that yes, you can eat of all the trees of the gardens except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because when you hit it, you are going to die. At that time, they don't understand the definition of the death, but you are going to die. But they don't know what exactly it means, but it says you are going to die. But the devil came in in Genesis chapter 3 to persuade them, to deceive them, that really, you are not going to die. You are just going to be more aware, like God, and the fell for it. You see, because of that disobedience, Something happened to Adam. And the way to describe that thing that happened is in Romans chapter 3, verse 23. It says, For all have seen and fallen short of the glory of God. Glory means splendor. It means beauty. So, Adam was operating in the beauty of God. Because when you read the later parts, I think the last verse of Genesis chapter 2, it says they were both naked and they were not ashamed. They were not ashamed because there was no realization that they were naked. They were covered in glory. They were covered in glory. Imagine a human being or a man or a woman being able to walk around without any of this clothing on them and they are not ashamed because you cannot see my nakedness. Hallelujah. Imagine being covered without clothes. You can see my image, but you can't see my nakedness. When you see me, you see me in splendor. That was the Adam that God created. Remember that the Bible says that God brought all the animals that he has made to him. And Adam named all of them. And the name that he gave to them was the name that God called them. Because he was operating in the likeness of God. He knew things. Just like God knows them. He has that knowledge. Because God had infused his life into him. There were different rivers in the Garden of Eden. Has he ever crossed your mind? How was Adam moving from one side of Eden to the other side? The man was walking on water. He was walking on water because he was a superhuman. That was the Adam that God created. That was the Adam. 
that God created. Because the sole purpose for creating Adam was to have a replica of God who will take charge of the earth. Bible says that all things that were created were God for God's pleasure. Everything he created is for his pleasure. He wanted to be able to look from heaven and see the amazing creatures that he has made and the superhuman that he has put in charge of them all. But unfortunately, because Adam, even though he was not deceived, it was he that was deceived. But hurt the apple and they fell. And because they fell, they disobeyed God. The Bible says that know ye not that to whom that you yield your member to obey, you become slaves of him. You see, Adam and Eve became slaves to the devil by obeying the advice he gave to them. And they fell short of the glory of God. Therefore, just as through one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because of sin. Next verse. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, Pay attention to this. Death reigned from Adam to Moses. So when Adam literally died, it took a while for physical death to catch up with his body. What happened immediately was that he died spiritually. But it took over 900 years for physical death, for his body to eventually wear out. Remember that this was a body that no longer had access to the tree of life that was in the garden. So his body was not being renewed by the life of God. His body was cut off from the life of God. So, but it took over 900 years for death, physical death, to catch up with his body. It says, nevertheless, from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, death reigned. Everybody they die, no matter the number of years, including Methuselah, the oldest, except for the man called Enoch that walked with God. The Bible says that Enoch walked with God and he was no more. For God took him. He's not dead. He's alive. Hallelujah. It says, even over those who had not sinned, death reigned from Adam to Moses. Even over those who have not what? Sinned. According to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Who is a type of him who was to come? Adam was a type of him who was to come. Because you see, God is also a master planner. God can never be caught with surprises. He's a master planner. So even before the foundation of the earth, when he was making the superhuman, he made provision. If it happens that this superhuman <laughs> fails, <laughs> there is a provision for another, 
Glory to God. There is a provision for another superhuman to perpetuate the work that he has designed to fulfill. But, please take it back to verse 14. Just take it easy. He said, who is a type of him who was to come? Verse 15. But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus. Jesus Christ abounded to many. I want you to pay attention to this. There is one man that sinned, that passed on the transgression to everyone. There is another man. You see, man. He clearly used the word man. Because Jesus came as human being. That is enabled by the Holy Ghost to be superhuman. Hallelujah. So he came to show us what superhuman beings ought to be like. Because Adam failed to show us that. He says, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God. And the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Verse 16, just stop at 17. And the gift is not like that which came through the one man who sinned. You see, comparison between the experience passed on by Adam and the one that Jesus has brought to us. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. 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 The Bible says that the soul that sins shall die. Condemnation. Condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. You see, it's clearly saying that even though the offense of Adam passed on condemnation to everyone, either you've sinned or you've, you've been trying to live holy, you've been trying to, write, to be righteous, you've been trying, you know, the Bible says that all of our righteousness are like Utirak before God, before you became born again. That was your state. Even when you try to be sanctimonious, you go to the temple, do all the washing and all that. That was what it was like without Jesus. He says, but the free gift, which came from many offenses, that is irrespective of the baggage of sin that you are coming to the kingdom with. Inasmuch you accept Jesus, what you get is justification. Justification. You are acquitted and discharged. No matter the sin, no matter the situation, you are acquitted and discharged. Hallelujah. What a contrast. Verse 17. He says, For if by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one, that is, death reigned through that one man that was cut off from the glory of God, that disobeyed God and passed it down, much more those who receive abundance of grace, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Someone didn't catch that. Read it again. See, one of the, one of the challenge with believers, 
one of the reasons why we don't function at the dimension that God wants us to function is that, you know, we, we are too familiar, we are too used to the things of God. The Bible says that receive with meekness the engrafted word of God. Receive with meekness. See, no matter how much, how much time you've spent in church, or how, much, how many messages you've listened to, each time you listen, you should open your heart and receive with joy, with meekness. Hallelujah. Uh, much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Those who receive abundance of I don't know if you've received grace. Those who receive abundance of grace. Those who receive abundance of grace. And the gift of righteousness. I don't know what you've received. Did you receive abundance of grace? Did you receive the gift of righteousness? <laughs> Hallelujah. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall do what? Will do what? You know, interesting. Will reign in life, not shall reign in life. Will reign in life, not shall. Will reign in life. Will reign in life. See, your capacity to reign in life is there. But it is left for you to decide if you want to reign or not. It is not that God will cause you to reign. You will be the one to decide to reign. God will not cause us to live out the nature. We have to decide to live out the nature. You see, just some quick thoughts. When Jesus Christ was on earth, who had come to show us what super human being looks like who has come to show us what the life of a son of God looks like because you see when you go through you know, Matthew chapter 1 giving chronology of the sons of God we see that Adam God refers to him as the son of God so Adam was the son of God that was supposed to show the other sons what that glory life looked like. But he failed. Then Jesus came as another son of God. Glory to God. To show us what it looks like. In John chapter 1 and verse 1. Just touch on a few things very quickly. John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2. It was in the beginning with God. Verse 3. All things were made true, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Verse 5. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend. Let's read further. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness to be a witness of the light that all through him might believe. Verse 8. It was not the light, but was sent to be a witness of that light that was coming. Verse 9. You need to be fast with me. That was the true light. Verse 9. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. 
He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. So he came as a son to deliver the power, the right to other people to become sons. Hallelujah. So the essence of Jesus coming was to make us his brothers. He came so that we become just like him. He said, as the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. The Bible says that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. That's what union with him has brought us. We are his brothers. He is the first fruit. We are the second born. Hallelujah. He is the first born. We are the second born. Because he introduced us into that life. You see, but there's something very interesting I want to still read out. Verse 14. Let me, don't let me skip 13. Let me read 13. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Our birth now is now of God. There is the physical body that came from the generations of the first Adam. But there is a new birth that restored the nature of God on our inside. Hallelujah. And you see, that's what we need to understand. Because a lot of people get limited by the reality of the fact that we still have a physical body that can die. The fact that you have a physical body that gets tired, that can die, does not make you less of the God nature in you. Because when you receive Jesus Christ into your life, you receive the person of the Holy Spirit coming to reside on your inside. Hallelujah. Because we are spirit. We are spirit. The Holy Ghost comes to reside in our spirit. We have a soul that enables us to think, to have feelings, emotions, reason. The capacity to make decisions, the will is in our soul. Then we have the body that the formation that God did to first Adam has given to us. Because the way God has designed earth was that he designed it for human. And the first thing he made about that human, after he has declared that he wants to make the human, was to use clay to form this body. So this body is the access to this earth. He made the body out of the earth. If you don't have a body, you don't have access to this earth. So we inherited the body from Adam. But when Jesus passed his life to us, he passed it into our spirit. That's why we don't have to go back into the womb to come in a different skin. What becomes... What comes alive in us is our spirits. Because the Holy Ghost comes to reside on our spirits, man. So what we now begin to experience is the impact of the Holy Spirit from our spirit man to our soul, to our bodies. So don't ever be deceived because you have a body that is subject to whatever it is that you used to have before you become born again. And it seems the body is still, you know, the marks are still there. Some people feel, oh, ah, 
The shape of my eyes is still like that. The color of my skin is still like that. That was inherited. And it's still there. But you see, the body cannot remain like that in its weakness. When you tap into the power of the Holy Ghost, verse 14 says, the, And the Word became flesh, and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, see, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is prepared before me, for he was before me. Verse 16. And of his fullness, and of the fullness, the fullness of Jesus, and of the fullness we have all received, grace for grace, of his fullness, of his fullness we have received, of his fullness we have received. Of his fullness we have received. So the kind of life that we're supposed to be living now is a superhuman life. Because we received of the fullness of Jesus to operate our own life. The Bible says that in him we live. In him we move. In him we have our being. 1728. In him. In him. In him we live. In him we move. In him we have our existence. As superhumans. That's why we can't live a life as believers that is cut off from God. We can't. Because we have the Holy Ghost residing on our inside. You see, Jesus demonstrated to us what it was like to stay in touch with God. Remember the experience that when he was being baptized in water, by the time he was coming out, the Holy Ghost descended on him. That was when the Holy Ghost came on him. How many of you have had the Holy Ghost baptism? The Holy Ghost had come on you. And you, okay, how many of us can speak in tongues? Hallelujah. We should be bold about this. We shouldn't be ashamed about this. Hallelujah. How many of us have received Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior? Amen. We don't think about it. We know we have. For the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are sons of God. Amen. And we are bold about it. You see, what happens is that the Holy Spirit begins to live out, help us to live out the life of God from our inside house. But until we begin to tap into this ability, Mark, Mark chapter 1 verse 35, the Bible says that very early in the day, before the daybreak, Jesus will go to a solitary place and there he will pray. What is he doing? He's communing with God. Spending time to understand the counsel of God. Spending time to understand the will of God for that day. Spending time to build up his spirit. Spending time to understand the counsel of God. Jude chapter 1, the only chapter there, verse 20, says, Dearly beloved, building up yourself on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Holy Ghost. So he spent time to charge himself up in the presence of God. You see, until we begin to pay attention to our spirits, until we begin to pay attention to building our spirit, we will not experience that superhuman nature that is in us. God's intention is not for believers. I want you to pay attention and I'll say it you know, carefully. God's intention 
It's not for believers to be ravaged or to, you know, to be ravaged by diseases and sickness. That's not the intention of God. That's not the intention of God. I mean, if that's the only point I can strike, you know, in Isaiah chapter 53, let me read a few, few verses from there. Isaiah 53. Verse 1 says, Who has believed our report? And to whom has the harm of the Lord been revealed? For it shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Now, talking about the description of Jesus going through, you know, the process of saving us. He says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as it were our faces from him. The kind of experience that Jesus had when he was going through the process of redeeming us was such that nobody wanted to be associated with him. He is despised and rejected by men. Verse 3. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and we hid as were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. Verse 4. Please pay attention to this. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has borne our griefs. The word griefs represents sickness. He has borne our sicknesses and our diseases. He has borne our sicknesses and diseases. Surely he has borne our griefs. And carried our sorrows, our pains. He has carried them. Yet, we esteem him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. Most of the time, we pay attention to the fact that he was wounded for our transgression. So we believe that his death, his punishment, he satisfied the requirement for sin. But we don't consider the fact that the emphasis before he even gets to sin, it's on the diseases and the pains. It's on the sicknesses that can touch our body. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes we are healed. And when you see 1 Peter, very quickly, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 23-24. 1 Peter 2, 23-24. you'll be faster than I am. Hallelujah. First Peter chapter 2, 23, verse 44. It says, Who, when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously. Verse 24. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. You see, in the same token that he took care of our sin, the same token he took care 
of all sicknesses and diseases. God's desire for us is never to live a life that is saddled with sickness, with grief, with sorrows. No. He says, his chastisement brought about our peace. And by his stripes we were healed. See, it's understanding of the complete work of Christ and appropriating it that determine the kind of life that we live. You see, the worst thing that can ever happen to any person is death. Right? What's the worst thing that can happen to any man physically? Is death. The person is cut off from this world. But you see, Jesus demonstrated for us the kind of power that the superhuman possess. He called out Lazarus that was dead for four days. He didn't have to go to heaven to do it. He called Lazarus as the same son of God on earth that we are talking about. A son on earth enabled by the Holy Ghost. He called out Lazarus who was dead for four days. He called out the daughter of the centurion. Jairus' daughter. Brought Jairus' daughter back to life. From the same enabling power. That it has. He met a woman. The widow of Nain. Whose only son was being carried out of the city. For burial. And he asked them to stop. And they brought that man back to life. Now I had to talk about some very extreme cases. That he did. Not to talk of so many sicknesses that he healed. Healings that he wrought. Demons that he cast out. Just by the presence of the Holy Ghost that enables him to be superhuman on earth. So how much more the carrier of the Spirit? So that's the reason why we never read anywhere that Jesus was down with sickness or with disease. Because he knew how to draw out of that life. And please don't mistake it. There is difference between you have been using the body and you need to come aside and rest. Jesus told his disciples, when they've gone on long stretch of ministry, come aside, come and rest. You need to sleep. You remember the part where he was on the boat and they were crossing the sea and he was just lying, he was sleeping. He was sleeping. There was storm raging. He was sleeping. Because there is need for what? Rest. The Bible says that on the seventh day, after God has created the heavens and the earth, what did he do? He rested. God is the one that started the principle of rest. When you don't rest, your body But you see, we must understand that when a body is sick, it means that it's not that the body needs rest. The person will like to walk, but there is an ailment that will not allow the person to walk. There is an ailment holding the person against his will. And we must deal with it with the word of God. We must allow the life of God that we have permeate into our body. Romans chapter 8 verse 11. Romans 8, 11. It says, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from dead, the spirit that actually literally awoken the body of Jesus from the dead, it says, if that same spirit is the spirit that is living in you, what will the spirit do? 
see, some people are interested in it. Some people are not interested. That's what happens. It's okay. Yes. Because those who have received abundance of grace and gift of righteousness will reign. Will reign. So that's why till Jesus comes back, you will see believers that are dying of sickness. We see believers that are dying of disease. Is a will thing. Is the provision complete? Yes. But if it is not appropriated, it will not be experienced. Hallelujah. Those who have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign. Will reign. You know, God has given us his precious promises. The Bible says that all things that pertains to life and godliness, he has given to us. He says, he has given us exceedingly great and precious promises that through them we can participate in this life of God. We can participate in the divine nature of God. For it's a will thing. It's a will thing. God's desire for us is to be prosperous. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. Because you see, when we spend time with God's word, God's word begins to renew our mind. We begin to experience prosperity of our soul. We become delivered from different mindsets. Our mind begins to bloom. It begins to bloom. The Bible says that we should not be maladjusted to the system of this world. <laughs> but we should be transformed by the renewing of our mind in the word of God. So we begin to see things differently. We begin to perceive differently. So all the notions that we had begin to fall up from the word of God that we have. There is no blessing that is available on this earth. That believers cannot tap into. The Bible says that silver is mine. Gold is mine, says the Lord. But it's about, do we allow the word of God to work on our mind enough to be able to see ourselves assessing those dimensions? Are we able to accept that the word of God is real to the point where the physical situation in our bodies begin to change? Are we able to exert ourselves to spending more time praying in the spirit, building our spirit for the life of God to be able to spread all over our body? Are we confessing in alignment with the word of God enough to be able to experience those things that he said? Long life is part of the package. The reason why the life of Jesus was cut short is for us to extend his life. This who shall prolong his days. We are the ones. Because as God sent him, so has he sent us. Hallelujah. He says, the number of your days I will fulfill. The number of your days I will fulfill. The question is, do we walk in the reality of those words? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Is a given that afflictions will come, persecutions will come. But many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
You know, that's even the understanding that David had based on his relationship. In the New Testament, we that we have the life of God, we are not waiting for God to deliver us. We deliver ourselves from them all. You see, one of the hardest things to come by as believers is to actually see ourselves in the light that God sees us. Because we've, we walk in so much condemnation, we try to live, you know, the way they've said, live a holy life, and you think that, ah, because you did this or because you did that, you are not, you are not just again. You are not righteous again. But the righteousness that we've obtained is not about what we do or don't do. What we do is we walk in, we are walking in line with what God has done for us. And that our work does not have any effect or impact on the kind of experience that we have. There is a complete package that we have in God. There is the life of God that is complete in us. Whatever it is that we do or don't do, don't affect that state of our sonship. But when we allow those things to begin to hold us back, we can't move in the things of God. The Bible says that let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. Forget about what has happened. I obtain mercy. Forget about what has happened. I obtain mercy. And find grace. That grace is the supernatural ability of God at work in us. It says we behold him his fullness. Full of what? Grace and truth. And of his fullness we have received. So every day we are receiving of his fullness to live the life that God has designed for us to live. I want us to rise up on our feet as we close. And just say, God, I thank you for the life that you have brought to me. I thank you because you came to show me what it means to live a superhuman life. And thank you because you made provision for me to have access to this life. And from today, I make a commitment to live this life. I make a commitment to live this life. I want us to just pray in the spirit. I want you to join your hands to that of your neighbor as you just pray in the spirit this morning. Stir up that life of God in you. Stir up that life of God in you. You shouldn't come, go back with that pain in your body. You shouldn't go back with that disease in your body. Stir up the life of God in you. In the name of Jesus, we decree and declare that everyone who might be sick in their body right now, you strangers, you are you disease, you are a stranger in that body. Bible says you will hear my voice and we're trembling and fidgeting. You will run out of your, your hiding places. I command you in the name of Jesus, every form of symptoms, every form of disease in the body of this God's children that are temple of the Lord, I command you out of those bodies. In the name of Jesus, strange spirits, I command you out of these bodies. In the name of Jesus, those bodies are the temple of God. The experience in those bodies is the life of God. The experience in those lives is advancement. Bible says that the path of a just is like a shining light that shines more and more to the perfect days. 
those walls begin to shine further they shine brighter in the name of Jesus father we give you praise we magnify your name in Jesus mighty name we pray please why all eyes are closed why all eyes are closed why all eyes are closed perhaps you're here this morning and you're not even sure if you're born again this is a beautiful opportunity for you to start that process or perhaps you are confused you are even lost you don't know if you are here or there and you want to be connected while all eyes are closed I want you to just lift your hands to God just lift your hands to him if you want to be part of this dimension of life just lift your hands to him just lift your hands to him wherever you are and if you're joining us online we just pray for you wherever you are this morning it's between you and God is the one giving you opportunity to experience this life. I wanted to just say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for my sin and you came for my justification. And today I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. And I ask that you take over my life. I receive the gift of the Holy Spirit as the evidence of your presence in me and the power that manifests the divinity of God's nature in me. Thank you, Lord, because I'm born again. In Jesus' name I pray. This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Christian Outreach Center. The Lighthouse, House 7, Plot 2, Slash 3, Kudratabiola Way, Oregon, Ikeja, Lagos. For inquiries, please log on to www.lighthousenge.org for more.